Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. What's up, what's up, good evening, this is Scott First from our The Clown Hour, uh, I'm the creator of the sports ball called The Clown Times, that's Clown Spell with a K by the way, you can find me on the web at www.theclowntimes.net, and you may find me on the web, uh, actually on Facebook rather, uh, just type in the uh, search one in the upper left hand corner of your screen, just type in The Clown Times again, that's Clown Spell with a K, you may find me there as well, uh, I've been... Team super, on Team Super Petty uh, since the uh, Dallas Cowboys lost in the uh, divisional round this past Sunday. And um, Brian Haas is my stillest one, but I've been doing all sorts of crazy things, so check me out there. Um, we're going to continue our discussion on ACC basketball dominance. Uh, I didn't have a chance to get into much, much, much of the ACC basketball conversation due to the fact that our show was short until like 15 minutes, so we're going to continue with uh, we're back with my guest from last week. It's uh, going to continue the conversation. Um, check him out on All Sports Discussion, ACC Sports Blog. His podcast is awesome as well with the, with my man, Hokey Smash. This is Jeff Fan. going to continue things. So, Jeff, thanks for, tuning, thanks for joining us once again. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Scott. Hey, thank you for coming back once again. Uh, I know that we had a – Quite the rush job this past uh, week, you know, mostly due to my, you know, like, like due to stuff going on, on my end. So I apologize for that. But uh, let's just pick up from where we left off. Uh, too bad, like, Coke Smash not able to join us this evening. But uh, when we ended last time, we were talking about how strong the ACC, Land Coast Conference, for those of you who don't know, how the basketball, how strong it really is. I mean, I mean, shoot, I'm looking at at least 10 teams that could get get towards a big dance. We're, like, pontificating over that until I had to, like, end the podcast. So just to pick things up again, how many teams, how many tournament bids do you think the ACC could get right now, if the tournament started right now? If the, if the tournament started tournament started right now, I'd probably be at about at 9 or 10. I mean, I think at one point I was probably at 11. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's so hard looking at the a at the ACC because I, I, you know I would say um, you know you probably have like about six six or seven locks right now Notre Dame North Carolina Florida State Louisville uh, sure. Virginia Miami Duke are, are absolute locks I'd probably put Virginia Tech in there as well and then you know after that it's kind of a mishmash of of uh, you know teams with with some kind of high computer numbers, but then there's talented teams out there. Um, you know, you, you've got, uh, you know, about six other teams probably excluding maybe Boston College because they can struggle so much out of conference. But, you know, they're an approved team. And you've got, you know, six other teams trying to probably battle for two spots. 
and it's just it's going to be a war. It's a war in the ACC. There, there's not a bad team in the entire conference. There, you know, there's just people who are at the bottom. Pitt's, Pitt's struggling. They struggle with NC State tonight. I think Kevin Stallings is finding yeah. out the ACC is not is not coaching in the SEC anymore. <laughs> Every night you're playing a team <laughs> right. that's a, you know, it's not just a, a three-game schedule like you had in the SEC. You know, you played Kentucky twice and maybe Florida was decent. Um, night in and night out, you're you're up against it in the ACC, and I think he's finding that out with his one and five start. But it's not, it's not like Pitt is a terrible team. You, I was watching the game tonight, and I'm like. And they've got some players. Artists is pretty good. Um, you know, he, he's got some talent. And, uh, you know, they were up against a, another pretty talented team, NC State, who was one and four at the time, got the got the win. Uh, right. So, yeah, I, you know, I kind of just rambled on there a bit. But, I mean, I would say, no, no. you know, you probably get – you probably got about nine teams right now. And it, it could be ten by the time the, the NCAAs roll around. Dude. I've been looking at all sorts of metrics because you know I'm a, I like like I'm an analytics guy. You know I went grad school for analytics for Christ's sake, and I do that for a living as well. But I just look at the RPIs. First of all, I've been I've been looking at the RPIs and, and, and the BPIs, two metrics that, uh, uh, like 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 that uh, Lenardi cat looks like every mm-hmm. year, like around the time of year, his bracketology. Let's just look at the RPI for a minute. And like first of all, the ACC is a tough way to compass by a mile when it comes to RPI. I think, I think the Big East is a dis, almost a distant second. And if you look at the teams, like the number of teams, and say like you know, I know the sixty-five, you know the the, the ACC takes the top top sixty-five. So I'm going to be concerned go to the top fifty. And the RPI, you have Louisville coming in as number seven in the RPI, followed by Carolina at ten, Florida State at eleven, Duke at fifteen. Notre Dame and Virginia tied for 16. Wake Forest, nausea uh, due to their strip of schedule, comes in at number 26. Pitt, 39. Clemson, 44. NC State, 47. That's 10 teams in the in the RPI top 50. And Virginia Tech is not going to you know, at, at the door at 54. And if you go to the BPI uh, rankings, like Duke is – it's ranked third in BPI, Carolina fifth, Virginia eighth, Louisville ninth, Florida, I mean, I'm sorry, Notre, uh, Notre Dame 17, Florida State 19, Miami 25th, Clemson 27th, Syracuse 32nd, Virginia Tech 43rd, Wake Forest 48th, NC State 49th, and Pitt 57th. That's, if you exclude Pitt for a minute, that's 12 teams in the BPI top 50 ESPN. So basically, what I'm, what I'm getting at, and what you alluded to, is we're probably going to have double-digit uh, teams for the ACC and the Big Dance was all said and done. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I mean, one that I look at a lot too is uh, another one that is Ken is the Ken Palm um, and their rankings, mm-hmm. and they've they've got they've got ten ten ACC teams in the top fifty. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people get kind of skeptical on, you know, computer rings, but when that many of them have 10, 11 ACC teams in the top 50, um, right. and then you look across at the other conferences, you know, you look at the SEC, that's probably a three-bid league, if you ask me. Um, at most. The, uh, the, <laughs> at, at most. I mean, you've got Kentucky. I mean, the second-best team in the league, the second- and third-best teams in that league. At Florida, I know the, 
They they've lost to they've lost to Florida State. I think they have another loss to an ACC team. If I I can't remember who, but I think they have a couple of losses to ACC team. South Carolina, you know, they lost at home to Clemson. I think the Pac-12 is going to be light on bids too. So you might see a lot of you know mid majors getting bids into the NCAA, but that opens up you know all those spots for for the ACC teams who proved it in the out of conference. You know right. what you know how deep they are. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. Um, I mean, let's just look at Wake Forest for a minute. I know Wake Forest is like ten and seven. They're kind of middling right, you know, right now. They're still in transition under, uh, I guess, his third year head coach, uh, De- uh, Denny Manning. They're only mm-hmm. one and four in the ACC, but their out of conference schedule is like ranked fifth. Uh, <laughs> they they really played some folks. I mean. The fact that they narrowly lost to a great Xavier team on the road, in my opinion. I mean, not great, but very good Xavier team on the road. They've only lost by four points. They hammered LSU, and sure, they've come up short like in conference play, but again, they recorded themselves out of conference. Their strength of schedule is really, is really picking up. And if they could win, shoot, I'm thinking if they could win eight, 17 to 18 games, they have to get at least a good look. And, you know, that speaks to the strength of the ACC. I mean, Georgia Tech, this is supposed to be a rebuilding year for Georgia Tech on the first-year coach. Um, I forget his first name, but it's Coach Passner from, from Memphis. Yeah, Josh Passner. And yep. Josh Passner. And his boys are already 3-2 and two in conference play. And they've beaten some damn good teams. They beat Carolina. They spanked NC State. And, like, like on the road, that's a good win. And I mean, they got, speaks, they, got a ro- they got a road. They got a road win. They got a, you know, we saw the signs early that you know something was going. That Georgia Tech had a chance to be better than a lot of people thought. Because and here we talk about that non-conference again. They had a road win early in the season at at VCU, and we know that mm-hmm. is one of the you know most difficult places to, um, you know, to win uh, in, as right. a, against a mid-major like that. You know, they've been a really quality team tournament and they're probably going to make the tournament again. They're 14 and four right now. And, and Georgia tech goes on the, on the road and one there that opened a lot of eyes. And, and like you said, um, you know, then they beat North Carolina at home. Kind of everyone was like, well, that's maybe kind of fluky that they beat North Carolina. And then they, they beat Clemson, um, you know, a, a tournament caliber team who's, who's kind of struggling here. And then when it ends yeah. state and I, I don't think, Georgia Tech's going to be able to sustain that through the course of the entire year. Um, but a lot of people probably thought that was going to be a one or two win ACC team. And and, and even right. if Passner went into the season um, with five or six ACC wins, he's done an outstanding job. They've, they've already exceeded yes. expectations. Yeah. And I mean, shoot, I mean, you look at the roster, I mean, Syracuse struggled. I mean, they had a, they had a terrible like December, but they they picked it up recently. They're three and three conference play, and they're playing decent ball. And I, and and every time I think about Biotech, how great they're doing this this season, I think about Hokie Smasher smiling his ass off somewhere. I mean, granted, you know <laughs> they they into the t- tough stretch, but those guys are pretty damn good. And I expect them for them to be a tournament team, at, you know, as well. I mean, they 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 spanked Duke. I mean, and you know, they should have had tough losses along the way, but they won at Michigan in, in, in out of conference play. 
you know, during the ACC Big East Challenge, and Big, Big Ten Challenge. I'm sorry, I'm just thinking way back, way back in the day, and that's a good win. They beat Ole Miss, and you know they spent Nebraska. I mean, they they have great wins. So I mean, yeah, I think it's going to put them well. Yeah, I I, I think what, what you'll see is I think a, a team, maybe even two. And the ACC is going to get into the to the big dance, even if they're under 500 in the in the conference. Uh, I, I think you'll you, you get to seven and eleven, and, and it might be a little uh, tricky. But I think you'll see a eight eight and ten. Um, you know, if Virginia Tech goes eight and ten, for example, um, mm-hmm. or Clemson gets to eight and ten in the conference. I think that they will be in really they'll be in a pretty solid position to make the tournament, barring like a rash of upsets everywhere but but I think you'll 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 see a team or two from the ACC under 500 and and one of the ones I wanted to to you know discuss a little bit is Duke I mean they're yeah. they're 2 and 3 in the Please. ACC and we we know that is a that you know they they struggled a little bit with the off season um I mean with the with the court distractions of Grayson of Grayson Allen some of their freshmen have had some injuries, uh, but we right. know that's Emil Jefferson's got the foot injury at the moment. But we know that is a mega, mega talented team that's just kind of lacking some chemistry. And right now they're just getting eat up in the ACC two and three with a team that talented. I don't care what's going on. If they were in a if they were in another conference, they'd probably be leading or in second place in any other conference in America. Yeah, and that's I mean. Because the conference is tough. I think this is what, uh, uh, um, like, a, a commissioner, um, I'm, I'm blanking on names tonight. What's wrong oh, with me today? Maybe Tuesday's like, yeah, John Swaffer. Yeah, it's like, you know, Monday was a holiday, and now Tuesday's taking over being as a new Monday for me. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is what Commissioner John Swaffer envisioned when they expanded to take Pitt and Syracuse, like, a few years ago. And now, and, and, and then Notre Dame, and now, and, and then more recently, Louisville. You know, I mean, Coach K said himself, this has a chance to be a double-digit bit, NCAA bit league. And I think that's going to really come to fruition this this, this year. And, you know, I, and they're going to definitely challenge the record set by the Big East a few years ago when they had, I think, what, 11 teams make the tournament? So, um, so. So speaking of which, what are the odds? I right, let's just have, have fun from this. What are the odds that the ACC will at least meet those expectations and, and get uh, ten chance. teams into the tournament? Yeah, at least get ten, 10 or, or eleven teams. At least ten teams. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's start at, at at least being equal to or greater than, if that makes any sense. Okay, I I think. I think it's probably about fifty-fifty right now on on getting the on mm-hmm. getting the double-digit bids or the bids because you've got it's just so much you know after those top six or seven teams who are the locks you know seeing how many can come off come off of that off of that bubble and and get their way in so I, I'm I'm really confident you'll see at least nine ACC teams but to get to the to the ten uh, eleven. I think it's about fifty-fifty. I, I could, I could conceivably, definitely see up to eleven, though. But I, I'm, I'm kind of hedging here, and I, I would say that's fifty-fifty. I just can't, you can't guarantee that because, you know, outside those top six or seven teams, like I said earlier, it's just a mishmash of teams with a couple of losses. 
and you're gonna, a couple teams are going to have to go on a run, you know, um, like a Virginia Tech or Clemson or NC State, or if, if Georgia Tech can kind of sustain what they've done. It's crazy. We've been talking about Georgia Tech having any chance at the tournament, but That's you know, if they can sustain That's what. Hilarious yeah, if they can, <laughs> absolutely. But if they can kind of sustain what they've started yeah. out with, I mean, they could be in the mix too. Yeah. So speaking of speaking of teams that could possibly make a run for that tenth spot and maybe eleventh spot as well, do you have any? I don't want to say dark horse because it's not. I mean, it's still a little early. I mean, college college basketball especially when you get the conference players like a marathon. But do you think there's a team that we should say, hey, watch out for this squad over the next, I guess, two months of the season? You know, if I'm, if I'm looking at it, I, you know, where the standings are at the moment, I mean, I'm really looking at, at Duke. I just I think there's mm. too much too much talent on that team you know, to be mired down at the bottom half of the conference. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I think, you know, if Grayson Allen can kind of, you know, kind of control his whatever he has going on and said, if he can just kind of control himself on the court, you know, we know he, he's a really emotional player, but he could really be a, a catalyst on that team and give him that one-two punch with Kennard and those freshmen. And if Emil Jefferson, you know, gets healthier here in the next couple weeks, I mean, I just I really mm-hmm. can't see Duke staying in that bottom half, and I mean, I could see them really going on a run, winning four or five games in a row, and start to challenge, you know, the the top half teams in that conference. You know, there with Notre Dame and and, and uh, North Carolina, Florida State, who I think right now are the class of the conference. Um, you know, you look at the at the bottom, uh, the bottom of the conference of a team that might be able to, uh, you know, make a run. I kind of look at NC State with Smith. I mean, that's a really explosive team on offense. They yeah. just don't play defense. Yeah. And and when you look at it, when the problem on a team is just that they don't play defense, it's it's really just about effort. <laughs> and if if, right. God, if, right. Mark, if Godfrey can just get them to you know play a little bit more consistently on defense, if they got enough offensive playmakers, talent on that team, that they can challenge the better teams in the conference. So I, I think NC State is a team you got to keep an eye on. Uh, Clemson is another possibility. You know they've they've lost a, um, of their four ACC losses. I think three of them have been by single digits. Uh, they they had mm-hmm. a, a, a you know the strange loss at Georgia Tech, uh, but in their other games with North Carolina, uh, Virginia, and Notre Dame, they had chances to win all three of those games. And and yeah. if they don't lose confidence, if they don't get too you know, down on themselves. There's enough offensive scoring ability on that team, you know, to get to eight, nine wins in the conference. So there's really some talented teams. Yeah, Blossom game has got – you know, he needs to be more aggressive on the court. I think that's been a little bit of their problem is is I think he's deferring a little bit too much to his teammates. And I think Brannell has to – when they run their offensive set, he's got to get a touch – each time uh, in, the, in the half court, he's got to touch the ball at least once. I mean, Clemson's gotten to a little bit of a tendency where they're shooting, shooting really early in the shot clock, not being patient, and it, it's mm-hmm. costing them down the stretch. It hurt them against Virginia the other day, and Virginia just pulled yeah. away. And, um, you know, Blossom's got – he's got to be more aggressive, and his teammates and Brunel have got to make a more 
concerted effort to have him touch the ball at least once every trip down the court. Yeah, and you know what? They blew that game against Notre Dame when they they were winning for the vast majority of the game and let Notre Dame come like come back near the end. That would have been a great year. I mean, that would have been a great win for NC for I'm sorry for 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 Clemson. Um, and it really would have, I think, would have set their season, the ACC and conference season, more in motion because, to your point, they were right there. They're literally right there against against Carolina. I mean, they they had them. I mean, right. same with with Virginia. I mean, they had them. It's not like this team. It's not like Clemson stinks. They got they're very talented, and it's just yeah, that absolutely. they. I mean, I mean, and that's another team that had good wins out of conference. They won at South Carolina. And you know, so so, so they 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 they're, they're very talented, and the RPI likes them. They just it's just that they just need to get over that hump. I don't know what the hump is. Maybe it's coaching. I don't know what it is. So speaking of coaching, what was that little? I don't want to say dust up, like because that didn't really happen. But with, like when when he and uh, Roy Williams got into a little, not a really a spat, but you know, a, an animated discussion, if you will, at the end of that game. They had against Carolina early in the year. Do you know what that was about? Because I, I still do not know what happened. I I think that had to do with, um, and I'm, I don't I don't want to get the, the wrong North Carolina player name. I, sure. I want to say it was 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 Kennedy Meeks, but I'm, I'm not sure. But I, I think one of the um, North Carolina players said something to the Clemson bench, and Brunel took offense to it, and then he brought it up to Roy on the sideline. And from what I understand, Roy was, was pretty apologetic about it, but I think it really probably had a lot more to do with the frustration of losing the game than, than actually anything that was said to the bench. And maybe there was something said, but you know, it, I never mm-hmm. heard of anything being all that bad. And I think Brennell was just really frustrated by his team, giving away a, a, a golden opportunity to get a, um, a quality win. But I think that was the, the origin of it is something from from one of the Carolina players was said to the to the uh, Clemson bench. Mm. Yeah, it has figure had something to do with it, like because again that just caught me off guard. So I'm glad you mentioned that, but it, like because I was thinking it had, may have something to do with that, but I wasn't so sure. But you mentioned Duke earlier, and I agree if you like Duke. I don't want to say Duke is underachieving, but like because they have injuries. Right, and then Coach K, you know, he's taking time off after back surgery, so they're in a little bit of flux, giving it to his, his right-hand man, Jeff Capel, which I think is going to be the, the next coach in waiting there um, because he's the, he's the top recruiter. Um, you know, and he has, he, he has coaching experiences elsewhere in the Power Five, notably Oklahoma. Um, what what is the media's obsession with Grayson Allen? I mean, I know he he did like a little like power trip in every well of, of players, including a, that kid from Elon earlier in the year, and he was suspended, and rightfully so. But with all this talk about him, like ESPN pontificating over whether he showed that Florida State is fit, like a, like assistant coach when they were going, he was going after a loose ball out of bounds, which credit to the um, Florida State assistant coach. He said on Twitter that he did not do anything wrong. He did Grayson did not do anything wrong. That was a good hustle play, blah blah blah. And you know, trying to say that the, you know the, in the game against Louisville where 
He went head first going for a loose ball against another Louisville player. Is this going to be the norm, the narrative for the rest of the year, every time Duke plays a game, especially if it's on ESPN, about the grace of Allen Watch? Is that, is that, is it just me or is it just, is it already old? You know, it, it is kind of, it is kind of old because <laughs> I don't think, um, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think Grayson Allen is, is a, I don't think he's trying to hurt anybody, uh, but he has brought on. He's brought a, he's brought this on himself, you know. The oh, sure. because he he's definitely acted, you know, inappropriately on the court. I mean, there's no question uh, about it. What he was doing out there was was uncalled for, and um, you know he's brought this attention onto him himself, and and away from what they're trying to do at Duke. Um, but it does seem like the the media has kind of caught on to it, and you know now they're now they're now they're all over anything he does. I mean, if he just makes contact with a with a player, um, you know the media is jumping all is jumping all over it. And I think the only way uh, to to kind of reduce the amount of this is, you know, fair or not, Grayson Allen's going to have to just you know control himself on the court. I mean, if he goes two or three weeks and doesn't get into any kind of altercation, then, you know, by the time the ACC tournament comes around, I think people, you know, may start giving him the benefit of the doubt again when, when you know, when he runs into another player or something. But right now, it's it's the popular thing. The media is latching all over it. I mean, there's like every game, you know, he just, he, he locks arms with somebody and it's, it's 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 the first highlight coming out on Twitter or on ESPN, and um, you know the, he's he's the only one that can eventually control how this is going to play out. He's just got to he's just got to control himself on the court. You know he that's what part of what makes him a really good player is his emotion and his his aggressiveness out there. But he's just going to have to mm-hmm. tone you know tone down the the antics, and eventually they'll move on to something else because they, they always do. But right now, probably for the next two or three weeks, he's just going to have to be on, he's going to have to be on good behavior. And, and if he does something again, it'll, it'll ratchet right, right back up. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. So, I mean, again, as long as, I mean, and, and I think he has impulse control issues and, you know, I, I think the kid really needs help in the off season or whatever, because you get killed if you try that in the NBA. But, uh, I too, I mean, but I, I just wish that sometimes you know we don't the people in the media don't make ants on uh, um, like amounts of the molehills, but that's not ESPN's way. We know that, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to have something and, to talk about. <laughs> and and I like what you said about the NBA because that's something I thought earlier. You know, when he when he's out there, you know, sweeping his leg, he does that in the NBA to a you know a six foot eleven. You know, two hundred and seventy pound grown man, he's going to get hurt out there because that's putting someone's career at risk. You know, yeah. they they get caught up in your legs and a knee goes out. I mean, that's exactly what I thought too when after his last incident, I was like, he does that in the NBA and he's going to get hurt. <laughs> so he's going to get killed. Bring that, I mean, I, yeah, he's going to get yeah, he's going to get killed if he tries to. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is I imagine if he did that to God forbid, like a DeMarcus Cousins or 
Uh, <laughs> anybody like that, they'd be looking for his ass in the locker room and then on, on the bus. I mean, they're not going yeah. to get a that he doesn't get him on the court. <laughs> yeah, a, a Draymond Green or something, try try that. Oh, God, against... Draymond would hurt him right there. <laughs> Draymond would end him. He'll, he'll, yeah. he'll be like the uh, Mortal Kombat game, finish him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my and, and, god! I, mean, I think I, but, I think he's a heck of a basketball player, and I, you know, yes, I, I, I don't, I don't quite man. hate like the, yeah, I don't, I don't quite hate the, the Duke guys like, you know, some of these guys like the way I used to when I was, you know, the way Christian Leitner was. I mean, when they say everyone used sure. to hate him, like I really couldn't stand him when I was rooting against <laughs> him, and I don't think, you know, I, I think. Grayson is a really good basketball player who's really talented. He's just, he's got to just get himself under control out there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just get himself. It's like it's like what 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 like like uh, what our parents say to us: get yourself together. You know, just get get yourself together <laughs> on the court. He'll be all right. So we're gonna get himself together. NC State, my alma mater. I mean, Grant, we did beat Pitt tonight. Uh, and I guess Coach Mark Guffrey got a little bit of reprieve. But given the blood loss to your arch rival in Carolina by 50-some points, then turn around and lose at Boston College, then get your ass kicked by Georgia Tech at home before this win, at, like before the win against Pitt, is it, time, is it time to pull the plug on the Mark Guffrey era and bring back a guy like Archie Miller? I mean, granted, like Archie Miller, he like like he's an alum. He's made Dayton into 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 like uh, winners. You know what I mean? Like always, it's like always tournament like threats for like like for the past three or four seasons. And I and I'm pretty damn sure that Archie Miller would jump at the chance to the coaches I'm a mother if the time is right. So why why? I mean, it basically am, am I being overreactive? Or am I being Irrational as an NC State alum to have to ask uh, uh, Debbie Yao to kick the tires on Archie Miller and maybe go after him in the off season. Oh, I, I mean, Mark Gottfried is such a. It's a tough call on him, I think, because when you look at his overall record, you know he's been pretty good at at NC State. You know he he made the NCAA tournament his first four years. He's got a couple yep. of sweet 16s. Um, you know, last year was, was definitely a, an underachieving year. But, uh, you know, he's he's still managing to recruit really well. He's got a talented team this year. And, you know, say things just go south, they miss the tournament again. You know, they don't even – they don't make the NIT. And you say, well, he's missed, you know, the NCAA tournament two years in a row. Do you make a move? Um, you know, if, if if I'm if I'm the AD at NC State and I can get an Archie Miller, that kind of that that may may force my hand if they don't make the yeah. the the if NC State doesn't make the big dance. If you can get someone of that caliber, uh, you know that might kind of that might force your hand to make a move. But unless you can, unless you're really sure that you can get a name like that, I'm not I'm not sure you can. Um, you can close the book on someone who's made the tournament four out of four out of their first six years. Uh, yeah, you have to be really sure you can get you can get an Archie Miller type um, 
coach to come to NC State, a proven winner. You know, you can't just make the move for the sake of making. I think I think Godfrey's done enough to to give him give him a chance to kind of right the ship uh, if, if things you know don't improve this season. Because uh, I I don't know maybe Smith Smith may come out, but you know it depends on how he's recruiting for next year, the roster. Uh, now if he if he goes a third year of making failing to make the tournament, then you you really might have to make a move, but I don't know if you can make it this year unless you're really confident that you're going to get a big name. Yeah. I mean, I, I just want, you know what, that, that, you know, Mr. Trump wants to make America great again. I want someone to make NC state good again, really good again, you know, because we need someone in the triangle research triangle to challenge Duke and Carolina. I mean, I remember when I was a kid. I mean, I'm 43 years old. So I remember the early 80s where it was a true three-headed monster, you know, early to mid-80s, you know, with Coach D, Coach Valvano at NC State, Coach K at Duke, and Dean Smith at at UNC, where, I mean, it was truly, I mean, it was truly like almost like, 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 uh, um, like, like proverbial, uh, proverbial rather bloodshed on the court. I mean, it was like, it was always, it was a true rivalry. It was true competition between those three schools, you know, and that's not kind of what for us, like an hour and a half down the road, Winston Salem. I mean, I just, I just want, I mean, NC State, they have all the, we have all the resources. It's not like we're broke. <laughs> it's not like we're yeah. lean in terms of funds. I mean, hell, I mean, we, we have a new Centennial campus. Well, not new anymore, but, I mean, we have basically two big campuses, and we have the facilities, the athletic facilities. We can compete, and then some. And it's just that I don't, I don't understand. It's, it's almost like a, a malaise. It's stretched to the football program, too. It's like we, we it's, it's almost as if we don't expect ourselves to be but so great. And I guess that's what's disappointing to me as an interstate alum. Yeah, I mean, I think with NC State, especially when it comes to basketball, to me there's no reason in the world they can't be an elite basketball program. Like you said, they're in a they're in a basketball hotbed, North Carolina, uh, you know, playing playing the best basketball conference in the country in the ACC, you know, great tradition, history, major fan support. You know, they're in they're in Raleigh for their basketball games. Um you know, I don't know if, if Godfrey is going to be the guy in the long run, but to me, like the way everyone used to say Clemson was a sleeping giant in football, and then they got mm-hmm. the guy, you know, Dabo Sweeney, who changed the culture. To me, NC State is a sleeping giant in basketball. Uh, yeah. You know, so. they know they can get players in there, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if Godfrey can eventually ever really turn it around. But they need that guy in there, just like you said, you know, there's there's this kind of staleness about you know NC State basketball that you know maybe a new guy could come in and and just kind of change the you know change the attitude the culture there and you know with basketball all it takes is a is a you know one or two good recruiting classes and a good coach and you're in the Final Four. Mm. You know, it's, it's not a, it doesn't not necessarily a multi-year rebuilding project like like football. You know, with basketball, you get a couple of McDonald's All-Americans, and 
and you can make a run to a Final Four. Right, and that's the thing. Um, we'll see. I mean, again, it's same old, same old, you know. It's like when, when my beloved Wolfpack get back to the team with the likes of Carolina and Duke, even though, to your point, Godfrey make, did, a, did, did a great job his first four seasons there. And, and let's just see if he recovers that magic later in the year. We'll get you out here on this, man. We're, you all know that the ACC tournament is going to be in Brooklyn the next two seasons. Um, so where you so so basically you don't have to like give me your full thoughts because you know our minds will change after this season and probably after next season as well. But what are your original thoughts on Duke? I mean, I'm sorry on the ACC having this tournament basketball tournament in Brooklyn, New York at a Barclays instead of the next two seasons. Good thing for 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 recruiting exposure or a bad thing that it gets away from this tradition roots in North Carolina. Uh, I don't. I don't have a, too much of a problem, um, you know, getting getting away from from North Carolina for a little bit. You know, per, personally, uh, you know, for for me being down down here down south, I, I, I'll go. I go to the ACC tournament a lot of times when it's with the drivable, and um, uh, I, I went to Greensboro when it was there in Charlotte and Atlanta. So for, for some some of those selfish reasons. You know, I, I like it when it's fairly close by, but I think as a conference as a whole, you know, it, it is a conference that, that spreads across the eastern seaboard. And, you know, by all accounts, uh, last year when it was in D.C., it, it, it was outstanding. Yeah. They, they, they did a great job. It was super well supported. And, uh, you know, going up to New York is going to be great exposure for the conference. Um you know, you give your northern schools, you know, those fans up there, Syracuse and Boston College and, and Pitt, uh, you know, an opportunity for a couple of years. My only thing when they first brought out the schedule is um, you can move the game, you can move the conference tournament around to different to different venues, but I, ne- I never think you should go more than two years without having it in North Carolina. Uh you know, with with, with the political stuff, you know, with the political stuff that's going on, you know, that's a that's a different ball game, you know, and that's the ACC's de- decision about moving, you know, their championship events out and stuff. But you know, if we just assume that when they are able to play in North Carolina again, or and I don't, I don't think they've made any decisions on the ACC tournament because that's still a few years away. But um, right in a normal circumstance, I think they should. They should have it in in the state of North Carolina, you know, at least every every third every third year or every other year, and um, never right. be out of the state of North Carolina more than a couple years in a row, and then you can move it right. to New York, D.C., you know, other venues. I, I don't have any problem with that. Yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, I mean, to me, I would have a problem if they, and I think they're coming back to Charlotte. After they come from Brooklyn, right after Brooklyn, I, I could be wrong about Charlotte or Greensboro, but um, I think it goes. I, I, I think really, it goes to Charlotte and. Yep. Hello. Yeah, I think after I think after oh, it goes to Brooklyn for those two for these mm-hmm. next two years, then it goes to Charlotte, and then back to Greensboro for one or two years, I think. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
I mean, to me, I personally wouldn't mind having it in, in, in Charlotte. I mean, it's so much more to do. And, you know, he, like even though I grew up near Greensboro, and Greensboro cherishes the ACC tournament like, you know, like a pearl, you know, like a jewel. Um, mm-hmm. But I wouldn't mind having it in Charlotte more often. Hell, I wouldn't mind having it in D.C. D.C. did a great job with it. And plus, that's a yeah. double shot at Maryland. So, back at you, Maryland. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point. So, anything to screw Maryland is a good thing, too. So, that's uh, <laughs> why I come out on that. So, anyway, man, thanks a lot for, for joining me, man. Uh, again, sorry for the last time, but thankfully we had more time to talk about ACC basketball. And I enjoyed it, man. Let's do it again soon. Take care. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, you guys, that's the, uh, that's my guy Jeff Fan or Jeff Roger for friends who calls himself. Please check him out on eight, the All Sports Discussion ACC Sports blog, and also this this podcast. Just check his website for um, for uh, listeners and whatnot. But anyway, this is Scott Burke signing off. Take care. Oh six. Good night. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.